Hey everybody and welcome to another episode. As always, this is your boy Tyler Layfield. Today and from now on, I will be joined by Torres Finney. How's it going, Torres? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. I'm happy to be on this show. Now, uh, co-host with Tyler. Hey, y'all sure enough about to be getting some good old debates here and there now. We're going to have some great topics, so I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I've definitely, I mentioned it in the last show, but had, I, I don't know, it's just been something that's kind of been lingering with me. I know Torres is looking to do this for, you know, for professionally one day. So I figured it was, it was natural right. to ask him to come on, be with me. It's going to be a little tougher now that I'm going back to work and everything. So I'm going to need that, um, that extra help. Two heads are better than one. So why not? Right. That's right. That's right. It's going to be fun, Tyler. Yeah. That's I'm, it. I'm happy to be back to doing this. You know, yes, I, sir. I love it. I can yes, talk sir. all day. <laughs> so today, today, so we'll, we'll hammer into this main topic real quick. Obviously, since it's a pressing issue now in everybody's mind, it's all we're seeing nowadays. And it's um, every, all the protests and everything going on um, right now uh, for George Floyd and everything, like everything that's happened in the past or, you know, here recently and um, all the protests that are going on in Atlanta, what, uh, Fayetteville, um, you know, Minneapolis, you know, it's, it's going all over. And uh, right now it's, it's just a pressing issue. I figured, that we could kind of say our piece on it. I know Torres and I both, we're not very, um, you know, very vocal. We like and we retweet, we do stuff like that. But he and I, you know, the kind of individuals we are on social media, we're not the type that are going to go out and uh, write up our own piece, put it out there. Just because, I don't know, sometimes I feel like um, people can twist your words and everything. We kind of talked about that before the show and everything. But I figured we could kind of say our piece here. We could kind of talk about that and how it's affecting sports. So um, I'll let you kind of lead this one off, Torres. What do you think about everything, man? Well, um, thing with the protest is, you know, for one, I am allowed to give my uh, condolences to the George Ford uh, family. Um, you know, that's an awful and horrible thing to see. And it's, it's constantly arising on the social media. You're seeing more and more videos. You know, now with the society we live in today, everyone has a phone. Everyone has a camera attached to it. And seeing the, the stuff that people post is just horrifying and Awful in all in so many ways that you got, you know, police going after black people, and sometimes now black, and sometimes people of color or different um, ethnicities. It's just it's it's bad. It's bad in, in many cases, and um, it, it's just it's like you sit here and look like the people that you expect to protect you are also some of the ones that are hurting you, and you look at it that way, and you be like, man. How can I trust these people? And that's what you're really seeing within the black community. I mean, a lot of people, they look at it and they're asking a question. I don't trust the police. I mean, when people, you see the police, oh, that's, you know, as slang say, that's 12, that's 12. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, that's 12. I don't, don't mess with 12. Don't mess with the ops. Call them pigs. They call, and they call yeah. them all types of names. And because, for one, within the black community, they all lost respect for them. And respect has been lost because of the deeds of the bad apples. And, you know, there's an old saying, one bad apple can make the whole barrel sour. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm right now, a few bad apples have made the whole barrel sour with the police all over this, this country. And it's mainly because I think the procedures and protocols that have been set in place allows police to be, sometimes I don't know, allow them to be flexible on what they're able to do. Mm-hmm. And there's no real detailed guidelines. And the reason why is that way, because 
when every time they step up, every time they put on that suit, every time they put on their uniform, they are going into battle. I mean, you don't ever yeah. know what. They, they may not come home that day. So they don't like to take risks. And it's just the way it is for a lot of a lot of reasons. There's a lot of heavily heavy black neighborhoods in certain places. And so they're more on their guard to say than some neighborhoods than others. Yeah. So when they go to these different type of places, they'll be like, okay, oh there this is a big time black neighborhood. And it's and I ain't gonna lie, it comes with a lot of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of black, a lot of uh, black people in the neighborhood. A lot of broke down houses. Could be drugs. Could be gangs. Could be just, you know, people all over the place. You know, yeah. and and when they see black people, you know, it's a like fear. You know, when you see like a big, it's like they say, a big swole black guy, they're like, oh yeah. man, I don't know if I go that way. Uh-huh. Or you see a lot of car, we see a lot of cars around like a beat down neighborhood. They driving by. I don't know. I'm gonna go the other way. Because of uh-huh. the stereotype, and it's being built because of what some people tell them, and but it's basically off. And I'm gonna tell you this: it's really big off social media, social media, and what the news portray. What do you see on the news all the time? What you always see on the news: a black person killing this person. They mm-hmm. showing their picture, showing them in you know they they the always mug shot don't dress, like They always don't dress the best. They always got them looking with the hair sticking all exactly. over the place, like looking bad. And and that's not a good portrayal. Mm-hmm. So when you see that all the time on the news, that's the first thing you think of. You're like, dog. So that's what a lot of black people are. And they start stereotyping. And yeah. see, look, police or some white people start stereotyping that way. Now black people are going to start stereotyping the police. So now what they see, what black people see, constant media of police doing this to black people, of them doing the this to other black people. So now you stereotyping the police and now both sides are bumping heads and no neither side is going to fall to the other because one side is going to feel like the other side is doing this doing them wrong and the other side is going to feel like they're doing them wrong and guess what you're never going to have any peace Mm-mm. and i think that's where the protests come in and the protest has come in to show that a lot of black people are fed up with what the police have been doing lately and this have been and i'm not gonna lie this is, this has been really awful this has been really awful about what the police have been doing to black people and black people are finally taking a stand and, you know, and that's what it takes. I mean, sometimes you got to take a stand. I mean, yeah. I mean, go to Bible days. I mean, enough hey, is enough. Is enough is enough. That's right. I mean, hey, the Israelites had to eventually take a stand to the right. Enough hey, of this. We can't keep getting beat and being slaves forever. So they finally taking a stand. But now there's ways you do things. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't agree with the way people are protesting because now I, I, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to say people are protesting the right way because we know what protesting is, but what people are doing after the protesting is more violence. Well, that, violence there's, some, there's people that I think are sneaking into these things that are supposed to be peaceful. That's and right. they, are, they are taking it into a whole other direction. Like, you, you're always going to have these people that piggyback off of it. They like to go and destroy stuff. That's why you're seeing, like, these, these targets getting looted and all, all this kind of stuff. So I'm not going to pin that all on, you know, protests. No. This is just see, and that's the thing. anarchist. We can't stereotype it that way. We can't say because they're protesting that yeah. it's wrong. We can't say that. No, 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 no. 
because not everybody that's protesting is looting's Target and no. Walmart and all them places. They're not. They're not doing that. The people that are protesting are the one that's doing it for George Floyd because of his death, because it was wrongful. Mm-hmm. Now the people that are going into Target, going to all these stores, that's taking selfish. out self, that's stealing. That is wrong. You're doing that for the wrong. Who 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 is you to steal or blow things up because of something you don't agree with? That's yeah. not the way to handle things. Because now what you're doing, an eye for an eye. You can't two you can't two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, you can't be going around as these people don't, and I'm not gonna lie to you, some of these people don't even care about George Floyd. No. These people are going into these stores stealing and taking things out and, man. and and just doing whatever they want to do with no with no reason. And no reason. They say, oh, dang, I seen like one of the videos, I saw somebody take out a freaking two flat screen TVs. Yeah. Like what how's that how is that helping to do anything about the George Floyd's death? How is that helping anything in the black community to gain what we deserve as justice? How how is that helping? And and it doesn't. There's no explanation to it at all. But people being greedy and selfish and taking advantage of the situation. And I and I don't like how people. And I'm glad that different cities are protesting. And I, and I I really respect that every city that is protesting that not even close to Minnesota or um, yeah. I mean, you got Atlanta, you got Dallas, you got you know some cities in Carolina, yes. Statesboro today. Yes. You know, where I went to college, they they had one. Yes, I'm I'm happy that all those places are protesting because they should. It's supposed to be a collective thing. Everyone gets together, mm-hmm. a change will come. It's not. I mean, all it takes is one person, but now we have multiple people. A change can come. Yes, yeah. I truly believe it, and that's how it happened back in the '60s. That's how it happened before even that. That's how it even happened in the Bible days. Exactly. It take one person, and then a group starts to come. It starts to change. But the problem is, it's the ones, the bad ones. And, and I'm going to use this them, the Judases, the ones mm. that take advantage of, the ones that take advantage of the person that doing you right, the reason why you're trying to do the right thing, the reason why we're trying to protest, the reason why we're standing up for ourselves. The Judases are the, the ones that are taking advantage of that stuff. Yeah. And they're like, you know, for money, for greed, for... Um, Whatever reason, yeah. For whatever reason. And I just, that's the only thing I don't agree with. But overall, I I love how the people that are doing this, especially some athletes that are speaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jalen Brown, him, uh, Malcolm Jaylen Brown, they were all in Atlanta yesterday. Steven Jackson, mm-hmm. um, big, I mean, obviously LeBron James, yep. big time. Uh, these guys are speaking out today. Michael Jordan spoke out. Yep. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he had a great quote today. Um, so those guys are speaking out, and I'm loving it because it's bigger than sports. And I hate when people say they tell athletes just sick the sports. No, that's no, right. no, no, no. That's, that's not how this works because uh, last time I checked, sports is a big thing to this economy. Yes. And it really helps. It, it, it's really helpful to it. We need, I mean, sports is really what helps the USA in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, Take your mind up advertising the to entertainment. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's a reason why there is an Olympics. If sports didn't matter, I mean, look at the Olympics. Exactly. 
I mean, there's, it's, a, it's a lot of things. It matters. It truly yes, matters. So, for sure. I, I agree, um, man. Um, it's It's been, you know, like you said, it's it's been hard, you know, watching these videos. I, yesterday I was just scrolling through Twitter. I, it was nothing but negative the whole the whole time I'm doing yeah, it. Like you see, like all these so videos, hard. people, you know, physical altercations, a guy getting like the dude looked like he got beat to death in Dallas yesterday. Police pushing cars like over people, things like that. Like a dude got out of a car with a bow and arrow trying to shoot at pr protesters, like stuff like that. It's, it's crazy, man. Um, my, my stance on it, um, individually, I, I hate what happened, um, to George Floyd. Um, I don't agree with it whatsoever. That was straight up murder, like he, he really did murder him. So, um, I'm against it on that, uh, on that facet of things. One thing I will mention that I think is a big issue in our country too is um, we got like it's not an attractive position to be a cop right now. Basically, you're like you said they're Amen. they're, they're right putting there. their line they're putting their life on the line every day. And and what are they really getting out of this? I know that they're there's you know they take pride in what they do and everything, but we're not financially backing them up. I know here locally in Bibb County, uh, they're well undermanned when it comes to the, their police force and everything. So that ends up leading to people that have no business being cops ended up becoming cops. If we really wanted to push the right people to do it, they would start adding more incentives to it. I'm telling you that right now. So like they're, they're underpaid. Um, you would get, you would get better mm -hmm. candidates in there. So I, I think that's a big, a big issue on there. I think that's something that um, maybe one way that we can change, but I like the stances that people have been taking. Um, I don't know if you've been able to hear it yet, but um the Atlanta mayor, what she said, that was the very moving words from her. And oh, yes. um, Killer Mike, yeah. the stuff he said was great. Oh, so, man, yes. I mean, those are, some, those are great, impact, impactful speeches. Great leaders. I listened to all of them. I listened to uh, uh, Killer Mike twice, you know, just go dissecting some things. And th those are really powerful words he said. I, I truly agree with you. Yes. That, it was awesome. It was very moving. So, um, there, it, that, it just shows you, you know, and, you know, you want to go look, you want to go and stereotype, look at them too. You know, great leaders right there, the right kind of people to kind of listen to. That's what we need right now is people that are mm -hmm. our leaders. So, um, I mean, and you hear what they're saying. They're like, hey, you want to make a difference? Go out and vote. Don't go out tearing stuff up. Go out and vote. So, I mean, yeah, now more than ever, you need to start doing something at the political level. So, whether or not you believe in who the president is or not, you know, go ahead and vote on that, you know, but try to try to put people in positions of power that are going to help what you believe in. So like, if you believe, you mm -hmm. know, if, if you're one that's uh, for or against abortion, you know, go in those directions, like that kind of thing, or, um, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the issue may be, you know, go, go with the person that you think is going to back up your, the issues that you believe in, regardless of what it is, that's your right as an American citizen. So there you go. Yeah, I used to go against it. I used to not be – I just voted for the first time not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, man. I used, I used to just be like, I don't want nothing to do with it. But now I realize how important it is. So yeah. it's it's something that we all need to take part in. That's true. You're right about that. Yeah. Never thought right I'd say that. that. Never thought I'd yeah. be one of these guys. But, hey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's about those polls. I mean, a mm -hmm. lot of this stuff is. So it, And like you say, it, it really shows um, – how how each person in a high position um, helps or affects their state or their certain city based on how they run it and based on how, how they respond to, to these type of um, positions or these type of um, places where their backs are against the walls, like the protesting, like what you going to do? You know, what you going to do, the pandemic, the type, that type of stuff, what you going to do. And when you see them respond to those things 
and they do it the right way. I mean, not that they ain't gonna please everybody. Obviously not. Cause when you're in a hot position, you ain't you're not supposed to please everybody. You no. to make the best decision for your team or your state or your city. Whenever yes. you're in leadership position, you make the best decision for the group you're leading. And that's the main thing. And if they are doing that, then that's who you that's who you vote for. So, you know, whatever whatever views you have, that's what you vote for. So I think if, if people won't change, go out there and vote. That's I agree. That's exactly right. Well, um, any other final words on this before we go into the next topic? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. Hey, everybody keep praying, keep doing yes. the right thing, and uh keep God first because that's the only way anything gonna get better. So I encourage everyone if you um don't pray, uh, you know, just do anything will say good things towards the world, speak into existence. As be, positive. Yeah. Be, be, be positive, yeah. Be positive. Be positive. Be the change you want to see, right? So that's right. Definitely, definitely. Well, um, so normally, you know, we're gonna be talking, you know, we got sports topics. You and I were both big sports guys, and this uh what was it yesterday? We actually had um a UFC fight night and actual uh, sport yesterday. <laughs> yes, actual sports yesterday. Uh so we'll uh but we heard some breaking news today. Torres told me that there was some news in the UFC that was just broke about what, like an hour ago, you said? Yeah, an hour ago, yeah. John Jones has been talking about vacating his UFC light heavyweight championship. Mm. And why and, is that? Uh, he's won to vacate it because of the way UFC fighter has been getting paid. And I will say this, and I will say this. I think that UFC fighters are a little bit underpaid, and they are, but it's about what you bring in through the pay-per-view numbers. And according to him, John Jones, they had a conversation with Dana White. Everybody been talking about the big money fight, the big super fight. The big super fight is him versus Francis Naganu. And Francis Naganu, um, his last fight had a great, great performance. He knocked the guy out in less than 10 seconds. And he is one of the most powerful punchers in all of UFC right now. Yes. Uh, he's very, he's very dominant. Went to hand um, the last time he was in the cage, man. What was it? Yeah. 20 seconds or something like that. Yeah. 20 seconds. Yeah. That's yeah. Frank, oh. Yeah. So he, he is dominant and everybody want to see the super fight, but John Jones want to get paid the super fight type money. And I can't fault him because no. most, most people deem him as the goat. I yeah. mean, I mean, there's a lot of guys you can throw in a conversation. Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, I mean, there's, there's guys going down the line. But John Jones, as right now, he is the greatest UFC fighter of all time. And he wants to be paid more money, especially for the super fight. Now, mm-hmm. according to Dana White, he said that he said within the text messages that he want uh, Deontay Wilder money. Wow. Um, Deontay Wilder, uh, last fight, made 30 mil. Mm-hmm. And the UFC don't give out that much money to one fighter. I mean, the most I think they gave out was, um, was like what 30, I think the most they gave out was 10 million. Mm-hmm. And I think that was to Conor McGregor. He made 10 or 12 million. Jeez. And I think that was when he fought, um, I think that's when he fought. It was either Khabib or the Nate one. I don't know. I don't yeah. trying to remember which one, but it was one of those fights. And, but, Connor brings in the pay-per-view numbers. See, that's the difference. Yeah. John Jones is a draw. He is. He's a draw. But he isn't no big-time draw up to where Conor McGregor Gregory is. Now, there was a time when John Jones was the number one draw in all of UFC. Mm-hmm. 
but UFC have expanded now. And the way, the, the level that Conor McGregor has put it on, mm-hmm. it made it to where as now John Jones is like a tier two guy. I mean, he's still a top. I mean, everybody, when John Jones on the car, yes, you will watch. Of course. But which one is most people going to watch? Because how many times do people even watch UFC compared to the others? Mm-hmm. People going to watch more Conor McGregor than John Jones. Like, I've heard people say, I, the greatest fight I've ever seen was the Nate Diaz Conor McGregor fight. And they got a point. Yeah, that probably yeah. was the greatest fight ever in some cases when you talk about pay-per-view number, revenue, gate, box office. You talk about, all right, yes, you got a point. But I've seen a lot of great fights. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, Frankie Egner and Gray Maynard. Those, those fights, uh, I can go down the line yeah. on some great UFC fights I have seen. But a lot of people only know Conor because of what Conor has done outside the sport. And that's yeah. even include boxing. Boxing Floyd Mayweather. You mean he's say- one of the greatest boxers ever? You want I mean, to get that so money, do what he did. You know, go in the boxing exactly. room. Just cash out exactly. one time. And so what John Jones wants to do is be that type of guy to get paid from having a super fight. And super fights happen in the UFC. Um, and I think the last time we really had a super fight, when I think it was uh, George St. Pierre fight fought uh, Michael Bisping. And uh, George St. Pierre beat him for the championship. That was like 2017, I believe. Um, I mean, and if you can go in some other fights, but I'm talking about super fights where you got two big-time guys that they were the D-man within the company. And right now, Anderson Silva is calling for a super fight against Conor McGregor. Yeah. But I don't know if he's going to take that. Plus, I don't know. If They're talking like away. it. They're talking like it. So I don't, I don't know yeah. how that's going to go. But right now, I truly believe that John Jones do have a point. Yes, yes, he deserved to get paid some more money. But the 30 mil, see, when you look at the UFC, I'm going to break it down. The UFC low-tier guys make actually make more money than lower-tier boxing. But what people look at, the high-tier boxing obviously makes way much more, way more money mm-hmm. than the high-tier MMA. But when you look at the company as a whole, what's the number one company in all MMA? It's the UFC. So you're trying to compare boxing to MMA. Because you got to remember, UFC is, is not new, but it's not too, too long ago just started. Mm-hmm. I mean, when did it start? 19, what, 95? Yeah, 90, it, was, it was like mid-90s. It's in the 90s. So, yeah. Yes, boxing been going on since, what, the 1800s? For real. <laughs> Way more established. I mean, yes. So – the money that has been generated through boxing is growing because it's been here too long. The UFC will eventually have their top $10 million per fight, guys. They will. They, they they're going will, yeah. to. And it's hard to have a super fight right now with that type of money when you ain't got no fans. Because mm-hmm. the fans won't make it. I mean, yes, you're going to have the pay-per-view numbers, but it's still about the fans. Attendance, because when the yeah. fans come, you're going to get some of the money that has been made in the gate and it plus also within the arena. You're going to get some of that money. But the problem is you can't get none of that money because there ain't no fans. <laughs> so exactly, it, it's hard. It's hard. You know. Yeah, so. no, I agree. Um, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. You have to keep us updated on that one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, let's let's get into a little bit of uh, last night's fights. I know that you you mainly watched uh, the top three fights, right? You, you watched the, the final three, correct? Yes, I did. I watched them. They were really good fights. Now, let's those, hop into those, it. Those were some really good ones. Yes, sir. So the first one you watched was uh, Billy Quarantillo and Spike, Spike Carlisle. What did you think about this one? I um, 
This one got high from the jump. It uh yeah. immediately soon as soon as it you know it began, Spike charged right right at him. So yes. <laughs> it was crazy. You got like a you know, Spike being this big buff guy compared to Quarantillo is like a I don't know, he was, he was slippery. That's the main word that kept coming to mind when I was watching him. It's like anytime he would get himself into trouble, he'd always get himself out just like squirming around. I don't know. It was crazy watching him, honestly. The way he can contort his body and everything. Yeah. Um he always found his way out of it, but from the jump, Carlisle going for, you know, just the takedown and just to, you know, to get on top of him and just beat him to a pulp. So, but it didn't end up working in his favor. But uh, what'd you think of it as a, as a whole? Well, I will say this um, thing with Cor- uh, Quarantile, um, or I'm sorry, Quarantillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quarantillo beat Car- Carlisle in both total strikes, significant strikes, mm-hmm. and the percentages on takedown, and even had two submission attempts. So, Quarantillo was technically controlling the fight, but Carlisle had an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, Very early. Really had a, and he had an opportunity to really could have put that fight to rest. But to me, what really hurt him was when he thought the round was over. Yeah, that was dumb. And took that right hand. That's a knockdown. Yeah. And that can change the cards. Don't tell him how it was. Yeah, for and those of y'all that, that didn't that watch it. The cards. Yeah, it was what at the end of the first round he thought that you know the the bell had done rang for it to be done. He starts walking away. The bell hadn't rang yet, so Quarantilla just gets a free pop on him from from the back. Um, from it was pretty from crazy. the back and and knocked him down and, and started pummeling him. So we said, and I was like, oh my goodness, seriously. So I think to me, I think Carlisle uh, did not have the best game plan. Uh, Quarantilla was staying outside the cage. Being mm-hmm. smart, uh, uh, very effective on his strikes, arm length. You know, he was keep constantly keeping him, keeping him with distance, the uh, front leg kicks. So he was doing his thing. He was he was staying constant on, um, and he was still being very aggressive. And that's yeah. the one of the main things. That's one of the main things when, like, in most MMA fights, sometimes you're not always going to hit the guy. But mm-hmm. whoever the aggressive is, most of the time going to have the advantage. And, and that looks good in the judge's eye. I mean, yes, yeah. you can be a counterpuncher. There's, there's some guys that are counter-strikers mm-hmm. and that are really good at it. But if you're aggressive and you're holding up those strikes, I mean, you're going to win. And he won by decision. And rightfully so, I think he was the right winner. Yeah, yeah, um, I think he got that one right. I, I did. He got that one right. Judging the, first- the UFC Lakers has been up in the air. Yeah. They got They got yeah. A lot better than the Florida judges. And, um, I mean, if I had to go through it, I, I would say if, if I had to give, like, round winners, the first round I would have to give to Carlisle, but the, the second, you know, the, the last two, Quarantilla definitely, you know, edged it out on that one. Um, you know, outside of yeah. that one slip-up that Carlisle had in the first, but uh, definitely I think you're right with um, the way he won a decision. Uh, next up we got the heavyweight fight uh, between Ivanov and Sakai. And I myself coming into it, I, I was kind of on the edge of Ivanov just because um, the resume, you know, who he's beat in the past and everything. He had some pretty big names on it. But um, And then also last time I went for um, a, like a big Brazilian heavyweight, it was Philip Lenz. And uh, he kind of let me down. So I figured I'd uh, I'd stick with him yeah. this one. But it, it, it didn't end up going in his favor. Um, I thought Sakai did pretty good, um, especially for a heavyweight, the way he moved and um, how good he was on his feet. He, he controlled the length. Like he kept he kept Ivanov at, you know, at bay with the leg kicks and everything. 
and uh, was able to pull it out. So what you, what were your thoughts on it, though? Uh, and I would say, yes, yeah, Sakai, Sakai was uh, very effective. He had a lot of effective strikes. He was mm-hmm. constant, constantly throwing something. And and that's what a lot of uh, fighters and even – I mean, I do a little fighting myself. I do a little training. Uh, that's one of the hardest things as a <laughs> – that's one of the hardest things as a fighter is to constantly throw something. Uh-huh. And and meaning that, okay, if you – let's say, you know, the judges are watching, but you always just keep your hands up. You're just moving, just moving around. You're not throwing enough punches. And that's one thing Kyle was really good at. He was he, – he was uh, – Sakai was really good at. He was constantly throwing those punches or throwing a kick just to keep him yeah. guessing. And it, it showed. I mean, total strikes was 89, 89 um, to 71, mm-hmm. even though Ivanov uh, 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 had a better uh, percentage. Yeah. You know, Sakai had a better total strikes, significant strikes, 78 to 66. I mean, the only category that he really won and Ivanov uh, um, won in was the takedown. And yeah, he was one for three on him. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it was really it, the third round was really where he pulled away because uh, they were pretty close on the strikes the first two rounds, and then the, the last round he just really he, he beat him by double digits on the strikes. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. where he really pulled away. But even though you know, I think he won all three rounds pretty much. Um, I know that one of the it ended up going into split decision. One of the judges actually ruled like thirty twenty seven in even his favor, which was pretty crazy. So. Um, yeah, so, that, 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 yeah, the right guy still won, though. I think I think Sakai deserved to win that. Yeah, the right guy did win. Sometimes, like you say, sometimes you sit there and think you like, wow, like mm-hmm. what what were they watching? What were we watching? But yeah, they're up close, so they probably see something that we don't see. I don't know. I don't yeah. always. It's hard for you to sometimes see how judging is, especially in the UFC. Judging is one of the hardest things. You know what? Have, you know I, what? I it might have. It might have been because, and they highlighted this. Daniel Cormier was really talking about that um, when uh, even I was about to take down Sakai one time near the near the fence. Sakai grabbed it for a second, even pulled the fence in. Some the ref didn't deduct any points from it, so that that may have been the judge kind of doing his. That can't. Yeah, that could uh, be. Yes, I don't know. That that could be. I mean, they only deduct points from the referee. When the referee does okay. it, but now if okay. you, I think if the judges see, if the judges do see that, I think mm-hmm. that could affect how they score things. But you, got, you do got a point. Yes, you do. Yeah, yes. yeah. All right, so I'm gonna let you lead off this last one. Obviously, the main, the main event here, it was Woodley and Burns. I know that you were, you felt pretty strongly about how this one ended. So take it, take it away. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm a big Tyrone Woodley fan. Um, I think he's a great fighter. Uh, when he first came in, I love how he was hungry, explosive. I mean, he had a great. I mean, one of his best punches, which is which really is a, a punch for all wrestlers, is that overhand right, and he catch a lot of guys with it. I mean, he even caught Robin Lawler with it, and uh, he won the welterweight championship. So he's he has that punch. I mean, he has. He has a lot of skill, and mm-hmm. he likes to – he set up – he set people up with his punches. He sets people up with his punches to get him in closer to closing space and get ready for a takedown because he was a, a wrestler at Missouri, a, a really good wrestler. I think he was an All-American at Missouri. Um, so, uh, he, he's really good. And Burns had won his last four fights, mm-hmm. and Burns is really talented. 
He's a four-time world champion, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I knew that was going to come to effect on the ground game. Yeah, I, I knew. To me, I'd slide, I did give Burns the edge in the ground game. Even though okay. Woodley was the wrestler and the all of me, I gave Burns the edge in the ground game. But what shocked me was Woodley all week, all month long, talking about, I'm going to come back different. I'm coming back aggressive. I'm coming back like the old wood. Mm-hmm. Because his last few fights, he he would fight differently. I mean, now, he probably had to fight differently because that was part of the game plan. Yeah. When he fought Stephen Thompson or when he fought uh, Kamar Usman, he was fighting those guys weirdly because he would be much more aggressive, but he wasn't. And, he, and the Usman fight, you saw how unaggressive he was. He was just passive and not throwing enough punches, you know, having his palms open. That's how he, he liked to, you know, keep his opponent distance away. You know, he keep his palm and then go for different jabs and strikes, but he wasn't doing anything. And when he got caught in that first round from that yeah, right hand. It was very Burns, early. It was early. And I was like, because he, used to, he was jumping around, throwing his hands around. And mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, you know, you know, that's unlike Woodley. Woodley don't fight that open. He's tight. He got his face guarded. I mean, that's how he fights. I watched him. I mean, he fights that way. He fights tight, guarded. You know, he's, he's flexible, staying on his toes. Uh, but he was very – I mean, he's, it's different between being fluid in a good way and fluid in a bad way. Yeah. I think it was too fluid. And Burns just took him to pieces. He lost every round. Yeah. And I was shocked. I mean, I'm like, who who was fighting yesterday? Seriously. I mean, because I was like, that can't be Tyrone Whitley. I was pretty shocked, This guy's honestly. a beast. He was different. I was shocked. And – uh, and that's the first time I've ever seen Woodley bleed in a fight. I've never seen him bleed. Yeah, it was a nice cut. That's the first too. time I've ever seen him bleed. Mm-hmm. He had a nice cut. Yeah, he had to get sticky. And I'm sitting here looking like, like what? He and like people say, he is 38 years old. He just came before that fight. He just came off a title loss. Mm-hmm. And for some reason in the UFC, it's just the way it is. Most people that lose the title, in like you know, a fashion that they don't sell or they just can't get over. A lot of time, they just don't get it back. Yeah. And they just don't get back to that pinnacle again. It's like because being on the high moment in the UFC, about depending on who you are, it's about one, two, three years. After that, bang, go down. Now you just fight for the money, fighting to set yourself up for life. Mm-hmm. And I think Woodley, I mean, Woodley's going to always be a big because he because he's already solidified his name. So he's always going to be a big name fighter, regardless of his fight. I mean, like, you look at guys like Anderson Silva. I mean, he don't lost his last, what, three, four fights. Yeah. But it's here. Anderson Silva. It's the Spider-Man. It's who mm-hmm. he is. He always going to bring it in. So no right. matter no matter who you are, you're going to solidify yourself. But it's still to the point where – it's hard. It, it's not the same. And Woodley looked like a shell of himself. He don't look the same. Yeah. That 38, it was shown. That 38 showed yesterday. It yeah, showed he, him. And he, got, he got dominated, man. Yeah, that's right. I ain't talking about in the athleticism and uh, fatigue. I'm talking about by skill. You saw a young guy, hungrier than the older guy, and he wanted it more. And it showed yesterday. For sure. So, yeah, like, what are your thoughts? 
Uh, yeah, it was just total domination. Like you said, he lost every round. Burns looks like the, the next man up. Um, he's challenging uh, his own teammate here. So he, he's going for it. He, like you said, he's hungry. Uh, he's got that ambition. He's, you know, he already had the jujitsu side yeah. of it, being a world champion. Um, but now with his strikes and everything, he's done improve that. So he's, you know, he's a dual threat. You know, so I, I think that he he's the next guy up. He's he's scary, and um, we'll, we'll just have to see how he looks coming up. Uh, I'll hit. I'll take a couple quick hits at some of these other fights. I, I did watch the whole prelims and conference, uh, so we'll, I'll just do a couple quick takes on these, and then we'll kind of end the show off here. But uh, Gutierrez versus Morales. Gutierrez totally tore up Morales. Uh, leg kicks galore. Legs leg was red. Dude could barely stand up. Morales. So that that was a total domination on that one Casey Kenny went off first round submission uh it was pretty nasty with a um, um a guillotine yes. so he looks really good to me I like the way both of those look uh Gutierrez and Kenny uh the Tim Elliott versus Brandon Roy Val uh fight was pretty crazy Elliott wanted to fight on the ground the whole time just make it a you know um like a submission type game but Roy Val ended up pulling it off with the submission uh a guy that we talked about before we started Jamal Hill against um Abreu uh, yes. he looks really, really good. I love Eight no now. He, he, did. he did. To me, he was the easiest pick on this card. Like I, for me, the dude was dominating. Not not just in measurables, but you know, he had that. He was already seven and zero. He's longer, had the more reach, height, everything like that. It just looked like it was going to be a, a killing. So, uh, definitely, you know, a, a fun fight to watch on that one. Uh, D Rod versus Gabe Green. Uh, Pretty good fight. It ended up um, going the distance. Uh, Gabe Green hung in there tough, but uh, but Rodriguez played it pretty well. Uh, Chukagan and Chivanko. Uh, Chukagan dominated that from the from the jump. One in um, unlimited or uh, unanimous decision. Sorry about that. And then Mackenzie Dern with a submission in the first round against uh, Hannah Seifert. Yeah. And then the, the one right before the main, uh, the last three fights, uh, Roosevelt Roberts versus Brock Weaver. It was domination. By Roosevelt Roberts, he he killed Brock Weaver, in my opinion. So, um, those were my yeah. quick takes on those. Yes. So, uh, any other thoughts before well, we kind of end this off? Um, no, nothing much. I think we had some great discussion, uh, great discussion today, and um, you know, I cannot wait to get this show started. I, I, oh, yeah. I really, I'm really enjoying a lot of the stuff. Well. Uh, you're seeing the sport, sports starting to come back. So it's, it's about to be go time. The story, you know, everything's, everything's about to get back started. So hope and pray football season, you know, still is on. Hopefully the basketball season is uh, reinstated. Get a chance to be able to see who's going to win the championship. Yes, sir. So it's going to be interesting. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening in. You guys can subscribe to us. You can follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh, be sure to like it, share it, retweet it, that kind of stuff with your friends. And uh, we'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody.